You are now entering Nowhere, California. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to us on your favorite podcast sites like iTunes by searching Nowhere, California. A reminder, Nowhere, California podcast is our old feed, so please subscribe to Nowhere, California, our new feed. Also, you can get your Nowhere, California fix online by going to our official website, NowhereCalifornia.com and emailing us at nowhere underscore california at yahoo.com ideas from everywhere voices from nowhere since 2011 welcome to nowhere california presents our conversation with mark Lutz. hey everybody it's josh and as i said just a couple moments ago this is a nowhere california presents this time around we're talking to the writer and director behind blade of honor mark lewis blade of honor is an upcoming series uh, sci-fi series uh, that takes place in space as simple as that but it's not as simple as that and this conversation delves into the evolution of this idea and basically the journey mark has taken so far in the world of creativity and uh television and filmmaking and a lot of uh his time in the world of crowdfunding because the blade of honor is still currently running a kickstarter if you want to check out that campaign the link will be provided in our show notes and he will mention it during our conversation and as always with every conversation i have i'm going to keep these intros short because the conversation is a lot better than this so here is my conversation with mark lewis we are now joined by mark lewis how's your day going man doing good cool Beautiful day in sunny california very sunny i think in my area right now we're in the 90s <laughs> Oh, very sunny and very beautiful, actually. Um, I guess to just jump right into this, uh, when did your uh, creative passions begin? Well, if you're talking about filmmaking and series creation, that was around mm, 2001 when, after spending about 20 years writing music for film and television and kind of seeing that the industry was just not going where I wanted it to go or really even wanted to be a part of it, um, I was in the midst of my despondency and I had a friend visit from London and he was like, well, it seems to me you probably should just make a career out of doing what you spend all your free time doing. And I had to ask him, well, what do I do in my free time? He goes, you make little movies all the time. I'm like, oh yeah. And that's kind of what started it. Very soon after that, um, I was actually teaching at a Korean school in downtown LA uh, just kind of for money on the side and I said you know can I take a couple of days and shoot like a couple of little short films with the kids and the principal was like yeah that sounds great that'd be a great experience for us and we did that and it was wildly successful the parents and the donors to the school loved it and then I did my own short film um, my very first short film uh, back in the days and we were when HD was this ooh HD how awesome is that ooh and um and uh, I was told by all my filmmaker friends, they're like, well, your first short film should be something that is you're really passionate about or something that scares you to death. And I'm like, okay, I'll do the last one. I'll do the latter. And uh, it was a short film on uh, black market kidney harvesting. And oh, wow. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was great. And, and what was uh, the title of that one? It just scared, just scared me. What's that? What was the title of that one? Uh, it's called Barely Alive. Oh, definitely. Um... And, th- yeah. And then after that, um, I shot my first feature film in Calgary, Alberta. It's a mockumentary on karaoke, and then it just kind of started moving on from there. Um, that's the creative origins of that. 
Um, and also, too, in uh, the time that you've been making films and everything, you've kind of put on a lot of hats of, like, directing, writing, producing, and everything. Is there one role that you prefer above another, or is it kind of like you like to just stay in all of it? I kind of don't like most of the roles. Um, I do most of them, but that doesn't mean I like them. I've won awards in most of them, but that doesn't mean I like them. I, but I like to write music for film. I like to direct. I like to do, um, I like to basically oversee a really great post-production team. Uh, and, uh, that's kind of what I do for a living. I save people's movies where they didn't think about post and they come to me and go, Oh no, what do we do? We've got these deliverables or, Oh no, what do we do? We've got this bad sounding audio or these visual effect shots. What do we do? I'm like, give them to me. I'll take care of it. That's and, awesome. Um, so I, I like that. And I've got a really great crew of people who have worked on all kinds of fun things from Star Trek to Star Wars to Avengers. And, um, you know, it's, it's fun to be able to kind of say, oh, well, there, here's a project for these two guys and this girl and that group. And that's cool. And, and just the creative collaboration that goes along with how do we save this project? Oh, with this budget. Okay, let's do that. It's cool. So the, like, the creative challenges, the problem solving is the one thing you really like keeping your hands in. I like that, yeah. I don't like doing visual effects. I, I did. I thought, oh, I'm going to try my hand at that. And I did a motion comic years ago for the comic book that I have out called Omega One. And um, we did uh, it's an hour. And right now it's actually doing really well. Um, but I'll, that's really hard work. <laughs> I'm not really interested in that. There's, there's guys, you know, that do that and love it. I'm happy to employ them. So Definitely. not me. And there's just some things that I just don't want to do, even though I can Also, in the, kind of the same vein of uh, the ro- your roles behind the scenes, uh, you've worked in a lot of different genres. Is there a particular genre you like to work in more than others, or, like I said, do you want to just kind of go with everything? As a director, you mean? Yeah, as a director or even as a writer, too. Well, I, I the writing thing, man. People, everybody thinks they're writer. Here in Hollywood, I, I like to classify everyone, everyone, no matter what job you have in Los Angeles, the greater Los Angeles area, you really want to do one of four things. Even if you have one of those jobs, you want to do one of the other ones. You want to write, you want to direct, you want to act, you want to produce. Even if you're a producer, you don't want to produce. You'd rather be acting or writing or directing. You're a director. Now, you don't want to do that. You want to be an actor or a writer or a producer. And I... Um, Writing, man, that's really hard work. That may be the hardest work, except for composing. That's it's really hard to get a good script. And um, it, so I, I just assume not write anymore. Create a world, create a series, create, you know, that kind of thing. Sure, sure, sure. But the actual dialogue and the pacing, and that is hard. And especially now with what's going on in the Internet, like for Blade of Honor, our series that we're producing and, and, and Kickstarter and being able to write a screenplay it's not just three acts or seven acts for television and you got to make it so that the two and a half second attention span of the internet audience is, is still as attention for however long your episodes are that's hard and keep character arcs and all that so it, as a director which is in those two things the only thing I'd rather do uh, I'm happy to do uh, sci-fi that's my favorite thing action adventure films 
I mean, actor better feel kind of things. I love it. I also love comedy. Most of my awards are in comedy, um, believe it or not, as a director. And um, drama is also really hard to do, to get it right. A lot of people have trouble with comedy. I don't have that problem for whatever reason. Maybe just because I'm a goofball. I don't know. But drama's hard. So if I, if someone said, pick a genre and that's all you get, I'd say, well, sci-fi, stroked, action, adventure. That'll do it. And I'll be happy. Pick two, I'd say that, and comedy. I'm definitely with you on that one. Uh, I have some friends that do a lot of theater work, and they've always said, like, drama is probably the hardest part. It's getting that gut reaction from the audience. In comedy is like... It's like a drug. <laughs> yeah, and and with a show like Blade of Honor, where we're incorporating all the best aspects of science fiction, which includes some of that really deep drama, like from BSG or from Farscape or some of that other stuff, it's it's going to be a challenge, real challenge. And uh, you brought up uh, Blade of Honor, and that's the main reason we're talking to you today. Is like it was, I believe it was just last week we talked to Brandon Stacy one of your stars of Blade of Honor, and I got the opportunity to talk to you, and I wanted to jump right in because I wanted to know a little bit more about Blade of Honor. Uh, could you tell me about the development of Blade of Honor from, I guess, the idea to where you guys are at now? Now, did you talk to Brandon about Roots, or what did you talk to him about? Uh, basically, his career in general, and uh, kind of Blade of Honor was part of it, too, with the fact that the Kickstarter's still rolling and everything, and it's uh, kind of a independent development going on with that. Yeah. Well, I, before I, yeah, I mean, Brandon's a really good friend of mine, and he and I met on the stay, on the set of Star Trek New Voyages. Um, I directed an episode back in 2014 called Mind Sifter, which is also where I met Rivka Ravenwood, who's also in our uh, production, and um, uh, then uh, came back again in 2015 and directed Torment of Destiny, which happens to have Richard Hatch in it, my good friend. And so, three of the people from that series are actually cast in this one um so that's that's cool brandon's an, an incredible actor and uh, and a good friend so i'm glad you got, had, had a chance to hang out with him what did you ask me again um basically the kind of the start of the development of blade of honor like how the idea came forth and uh how are you guys doing at this point as the kickstarter is still going and i guess the evolution is still happening with blade of honor oh yeah well it started uh, before I, we talked about the director creative, when did that start? This actually started before that. My brother, who's also a creative, my younger brother, John Paul, he and I had this idea. We were thinking about sci-fi and crazy stories and thinking about, well, what happens if you are ejected from your ship and your EVA for hours and hours, like hundreds of hours? What would happen then? Would you go insane if you were just in a spaceship, I mean, a spacesuit rather, out in the middle of space and you were being fed? And, and, you know, you had an unlimited power, would you go insane being basically in a, um, what do you call those, uh, uh, sensory deprivation, more or less? Yeah. And no one to talk to. And we kind of thought, well, wouldn't that be an interesting story? And we wrote a whole one-hour pilot around that concept where a woman is ejected from her ship, she's fighting these evil guys, her capital ships have to escape, they don't come back for her. She ends up having a, an encounter with one of the bad guys in space who ends up saving her. And it, it, it was a really interesting story. We pitched it around town. This is way back. We're talking like, I don't know, 2003, somewhere in there. Yeah. And uh, Christana, we sent it to Kristana Loken. We wanted her to do a, a 
but she was busy with a whole bunch of other stuff. Plus, at that time in the world, first of all, sci-fi with women, women leads were rough anyway, like nobody wanted them. And then sci-fi with a woman lead is like insanity, suicide. And then right after that, it was Painkiller Jane for Kristana, which unfortunately didn't do very well. And then it was Sarah Connor Chronicles, which didn't do very well. And then it was, uh, was there was another one, was it Wonder Woman, the series, or something else. So three in a row, sci-fi stroke comic stuff, female leads didn't go anywhere. And we're like, well, this is not not the time to be doing this. So we put it in a trunk, that was it. And over the course of years, I've added to it little things and stuff and it wasn't until we started working with Tobias Richter who at the Lightworks who is a German visual effects guru who's done all kinds of beautiful work on Star Trek New Voyages, Axonar I mean a ton of amazing stuff and I was working with him and I said hey listen I've got this script let me let me send it to you see what you think the budget would be because you know if I were to take this to some place like Digital Domain we'd be into visual effects for a million dollars without question oh yeah and that's just like, you can't crowdfund that on a no-name sci-fi thing. It just isn't going to happen. Even if you were Star Trek or Star Wars and had Nathan Fillion attached, you know, you're still like, well, that's still going to be a rough sell. And that's just the visual effects. So he came back to me with a number that I kind of fell out of my chair. I'm like, are you kidding? You can do it for this? He goes, no, oh, yeah, sure. I'm like, well, we're going to do this then. Because <laughs> this is all of a sudden affordable and doable. And that's last year, about 15 months ago, maybe 16 months ago and I and we started kind of pre-production and putting and rewriting the script specifically adding characters around the purpose of generating a series not just a simple one-off a film or a movie of the week and that's when Tim Russ came on board and James Kyson came on board and um, um, Tim Richard Jody Bentley and Brandon Stacy and uh, that's when we shot the trailer, which you can see in April of 2015, and um, that was great, and just because of some things that happened with casting, we had to put off our Kickstarter, which we wanted to launch last year, which was the greatest thing that ever happened to us, because now we have Richard Hatch involved, and um, Aaron Eisenberg, and Sirach Lofton, and Jennifer Nash, and Rivka Ravenwood, I mean, it's like a Star Trek who's who, a cross-section of all the series. Um, and Battlestar Galactica and, and Heroes and it's, it's hilarious it's kind of embarrassing the cast that we have it's so good that, and we and do I, have the trailer posted on uh, NowhereCalifornia.com also what was that? Uh, we do have your guys' trailer posted on uh, NowhereCalifornia.com oh. too oh great yeah 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 and as far as California goes just as a reference I'm a third generation Los Angelino my grandparents were here and they would tell me about when they were alive how the orange trees were they could remember what all the streets were because there just wasn't that many of them so uh, you're, you're talking to one of those rare people or, or, or who was just not smart enough to leave I don't know uh, I, I'm kind of in that boat too <laughs> <laughs> as far as the Kickstarter goes we were able to raise our first ep- the money for our first episode within two weeks and we are looking for our second and our third stretch goals um, getting out to I believe the number is $86,000 for our third episode and and it's going to be incredible. That's awesome. That's a really great uh, role for Kickstarter just to just jump right in there. It was almost like the stars were in line for you guys. Yeah. We, you know, we have several mentors who are helping us through this process. And one of my mentors um, is one of the executive producers on uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. 
and uh, he was like, look, you know, I don't know how to help you get this thing greenlit, but once you once you get it going, we, I got all these resources for it. It's going to be great. And uh, I said, listen, I don't need you to help me get it greenlit. He goes, why are you going to get it greenlit? I go, that's, that's what Kickstarter's for. Yeah. We're going to do this. It's going to be great. That's awesome. And I think, uh, like Richard Hatch says in the second behind-the-scenes interviews, the an interview that we have of him and the rest of the cast, he's like, you know, never, never before has there been the ability for independent filmmakers and series creators and fans to bypass the studio system entirely and create what it is they want to see. And this is an awesome time to be doing this. That is definitely true. And uh, as the Kickstarter continues and you guys are evolving more and more with Blade of Honor, what are your hopes for the series as time progresses? Well, here's the thing. We're launching 10 series. This is the first of 10 in the next three years or so. So the first one we wanted to do, Blade of Honor, because it has a sci-fi bent, and we have a very, very strong sci-fi following from all the other shows that we have both kickstarted and produced um, that are in that genre. So if we had it all our way, um, we would raise enough money to fund three episodes or more, and we would shoot them, uh, have them out by the end of the year, and between now and then, the studios or other small companies who I can't name, but people who are coming to us and saying, we'd like to talk to you more about turning this into a much larger format. One or more of those would happen. And then we would have a series that's, you know, an hour long or half an hour long and being funded so that we don't have to constantly do Kickstarters to raise money for episodes. We could say thank you to the fans and get, get them awesome perks and give them a show that they love and then launch a second show. The next show is a supernatural Western. Oh, awesome. Uh, and then the one after that is a period French drama, or a, sorry, action adventure um, in 1572 based on the real events during the um, uh, Medici, the very strange time in France during their Medici period where the Medicis were in control of France. Really, really weird. Now that, that's uh, an interesting period to go that with. Is, what's that? That's an interesting period to go with. Yeah, well, it's... it's you know, uh, without giving away too much, it's called the Saint, what happened there about 1572-73 is a thing called the Saint Bartholomew's Day Massacre, where the Catholics in France massacred all the Protestants, killed them all, like hundreds of thousands of people within three days, and it was a huge coup. And then, I mean, and, and they took over. And then Spain is sitting there going, "Well, we'd like to take over France now that you wiped out half of your army." <laughs> and the Pope got involved, but what nobody knows. In history doesn't say is who then turned around and organized the German Protestants, the, the British Protestants, to come back and retake France. And then for about fifty years, France was a Protestant nation. Nobody knows that, and it was like what? And the yeah. Pope completely lost control. So we're suggesting that the person who organized the Protestants was an orphan girl who was killed by Queen Catherine Medici, who was raised at sea uh, as, uh, with pirates and came back on board, saw our people being uh, persecuted, and turned out to be the leader of the French resistance against the Catholics. And it's a beautiful story. Um, anyway, so that series three, or yeah, three. And yeah, like I said, we have nine more. Just really cool stuff that we want to basically pave the way for series creators to say, here's how you do this with Kickstarter, Indiegogo, and fans and actors and create kind of a, a system for everybody to say, here's how this works. That's amazing, man. I I hope we can uh, go along with you guys on this journey. And uh, basically, uh, before we wrap everything up here, 
where can our listeners uh, find you online? And uh, do you have any upcoming projects like in the next couple months that you'd want us to know about? I Yes, and I do. So uh, if you want to find me personally, that's easy. It's just markedwardlewis.com or markedwardlewis on Facebook. I'm the ball guy. And then uh, the Blade of Honor, of course, is bladeofhonor.tv. And our Facebook, uh, sorry, our uh, well, our Facebook client is uh, Blade of Honor series. And the Kickstarter, which is where you really want to go, because that's where all the cool stuff is right now, is bit.ly. That's like bit, like when you buy something, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Blade of Honor. Bit.ly slash Blade of Honor. And that'll get you to our Kickstarter. Instagram is blades underscore of underscore honor. Twitter is B-O-H series. And that's a lot of stuff. So what's next? I'm actually developing... um, because I do a lot of education because I do fix a lot of people's films and projects that are that have gone bad. So a lot of people have asked me to help them. But what we're doing instead of just now going out and helping films and people one at a time is we're developing a fifty plus hour excuse me, a fifty plus hour long online education specifically geared to filmmakers about how to get audio right from recording all the way through delivery. And that includes music and sound effects and editing and all kinds of things. And it's going to be called cinemasound.com. We just got the uh, URL for that. And that should be going live uh, in November-ish. And it's going to be the most incredible audio resource available to filmmakers. Even just people who do stills and they want to do little movies. How do I get my audio to sound great? How do I get powerful production value? And that's kind of the next thing that's coming down the pike that has nothing to do with anything but It sounds like it's going to be an amazing resource too, especially even from outside of the film world to just like podcasting. It sounds like it'd be a good source. Do you have listeners in Australia? Uh, I think we've had some in Australia. It's kind of weird. The listeners we've had like mainly in the States, Southern California, but we've had people pop up in Russia, Australia, uh, Egypt area. It's, it's been weird for kind of a small, uh, middle of nowhere podcast <laughs> it's um if you're in australia we're actually doing a 10-hour version of this education uh called sound advice it's a nice pun sound advice uh tour and it will be in sydney on july the 9th um you can go to soundadvicetour.com and register and find out more but it's 10 hours of sheer terror of everything you want to know about how to get audio right on set at weddings ENG running around post-production how to secure audio that sounds terrible how to fix it noise generators planes cars dogs bad recorded fix it all and mix it it's pretty great that's awesome man we'll definitely spread the word on that too and now with uh, Nowhere California we have a particular question we like to end all of our interviews with and it's time to pose it to you Mark what is your favorite what the fuck movie moment I got one that is one that is uh, a movie that we all know, and one that is one of mine. And I'll, I'll say them briefly. Uh, we talked about Bla- uh, Barely Alive, my very first short film. I was in the L.A. Shorts Film Co- uh, Festival, and this really nice theater, the ArcLight, there in Hollywood. And we're halfway through my short film, and the fire alarm goes off. And not, and this isn't just you know like. Oh, the fire alarm. I mean, the lights come up, it's flashing, it's strobes, the film is over, 
that, I mean, everything comes to a stop. And I got a pretty full theater of people. We're ushered out, and 15 minutes, 20 minutes, okay, you're okay to go back in. And, oh, I'm sorry, your, your time is up. Oh. No one got to finish. Yeah, no one got to finish. That's that one. But the biggest one, the latest one, is I'm watching Star Trek, the second J.J. Star Trek. Uh. And in this, oh, I see, I'm not alone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, seeing, I'm seeing this scene where um, Benedict, who I love, I, th- I love Benedict Carpatch, I think he's great. And I think had they not called him Khan, I would have loved it so much better. But it wouldn't have cured this WTF, what the fuck moment, which is, oh, they have a transporter that'll take you from there, wherever he is near Earth, to Kronos. Really? Okay, so that means there's no more Starfleet, right? Because what do we need starships for? Yeah, exactly. I I totally agree with you on that one. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I was in the theater with buddies of mine, all of whom are... I mean, I've directed Star Trek episodes for New Voyages and been a part of this post-Super... I mean, I've done all kinds of stuff. I'm like engrossed, and I'm watching this going, are you... Did anybody read the Starfleet technical manual? I mean, that's the easiest read for anybody to do and to go, okay, so what do we need starships for? The whole purpose, Gene's rolling in his grave. Okay, there you go. Yeah, very very true. Oh, man, I totally agree with that one. So, honestly, to wrap it up, uh, Mark, thank you so much for talking with us, man. This was a blast. My pleasure.